Next up, Lafferty Daniel and Gilmore Happy. You're listening to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Now here's your host with the most, Nick Hart. All right. Yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast is up and running for the Penguins' 20th season of hockey. I am your host, Nick Hart, and joining me on the first episode of the season for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, my guest, Penguins rookie Sam Lafferty. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Nick. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm finally happy that we got the chance to throw the cans on you, have a chance to do this podcast. I know you and I had been talking about this going back and forth for a while but we finally were able to make it happen and before I wax intellectual with you I want to talk to the people out there the fine listeners of the Penguins podcast explaining to you how we're doing things this season off listeners of this podcast will know that we used to do this uh, basically on a week-by-week basis or maybe if there was a long road trip we would take a week off or holidays or things like that given that I'm going to be busy pretty much doing this all by myself and all my other duties around the office We're going to try and do the Penguins podcast bi-weekly this season. So that means you can expect a new episode every other week throughout the whole season. Never back-to-back weeks, but every other week. I think that gives us a good chance to kind of space out the content, allows me to kind of catch my breath, but also we'll get new guests on uh, throughout the season. Everything will always stay fresh. I think it'll be fun. So thank you for tuning in to this first episode of the season. This is the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, and now that I've run my mouth for a solid minute with Sam just sitting here listening patiently. Sam, thanks again for coming on so much. Uh, I think you were kind of the perfect guest to bring on for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast first because you and I go way, way back to your very first road trip with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I got to tell you, coming on the bus for that first road trip, you sat down right next to me. So we were sitting next to each other. What you did is you took a lot of heat off of me. I'm not sure if you know this. Were you aware of this? Uh, no, not really. Okay, so let me let me explain this to you really quick. For a while uh, on the bus rides, I, I had beef with the veterans, or I should say the veterans had beef with me because I would always sit by myself. No one would sit next uh, to me. And you yeah. know these bus rides, they get crowded very quickly. Yeah. So they'd always be saying, like, Nick Hart, double up, Nick Hart, double up, Nick Hart never doubles up, <laughs> something like that. But here's the here's the weird thing, though rookies sit by the front where like the staff sits and stuff like that and the rookies don't want to step on anyone's toes so they don't just sit next to me and it'd be weird if I was just like hey like can you can you come sit with me do you any so no one would sit next to me right and then I would get heat from the veterans for no one sitting next to me but you you just came right on the bus you were just like is this seat open you sat down and you took so much heat off my back just because you didn't care (laughs) so thank you for that belatedly for just taking a seat next to me on the bus yeah, you're welcome. I think probably what happened is one of the older guys said, hey, sit by Nick, and, you know, I'm not going to say no. So there probably, we go. I took it, but it worked out. It did. It it worked out tremendously because I haven't heard anything about it since. Although <laughs> we do have the new bus this season. What do you think of the new bus? Because you only had a brief uh, a brief understanding of the, the Coach Martz bus that we were working with last year. This is brand new digs this season. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a nice bus. It's interesting setup how you have one row with uh, – or one aisle with just one – one seat right, on yeah. the side and then two on the other. So um, it's, you know, it's pretty intimate setting, but I think it's a nice bus and some tables on there for guys who like to play cards and stuff. So uh, I think it's good. 
Yeah, that is the biggest thing, I think, when guys went on the bus they noticed were the tables to set up their cards because before guys were just, like, throwing Gatorade coolers together, and that was basically the table to play on. So, basically, this is a massive upgrade this season. Yeah, I think there's two tables. So, you got, like, the kids' game in the front and then the, the adults' game in the back of the, the bus. Big boys, the big boys. The big boys. boys. Do, yeah. you, do you get in the, the games on the bus at all? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm still at the kids' table, but maybe, <laughs> maybe work my way up at some point. So, the kids' table versus adult table differential, is that based on, like, tenure or skill? Uh, tenure. Okay. Tenure for sure. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Are you any good? Uh... I'm all right. Haven't uh, haven't won any games yet on the bus. What's what's the game right now? Schnarps. Okay, Schnarps. That's because on the podcast previously, we had talked about Schnarps and guys tried to explain how it all works and things like that. I just wanted to make sure that was still the game of choice on the bus. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. Really fun. Pretty simple game once you uh, get the hang of it, but uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. Was bus the main way of travel when you were at Brown in college? Yeah. Yeah, bus everywhere. Um, furthest trip was uh, Clarkson St. Lawrence, like seven hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, where's where's St. Lawrence? It's uh, Potsdam, New York, or Canton. So it's somewhere. And that's seven hours from Brown. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Way way up on the border, New York and Canada. I didn't realize it was that far away because Brown is kind of in a, a real nice spot. Um, you had you had to love it there, right? Yeah, um, absolutely loved it. Um, Providence is a great city, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, absolutely loved my time there. So it was a blast. I'll uh, I'll ask you a little bit more as to how you ended up at Brown in a little bit, but I kind of have to rewind the clock way way back to your beginnings um, in hockey. You grew up in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania, and whenever you see PA show up on the players' hometown on a website or something like that and you're in the penguins organization everyone gets a little bit fired up like everyone okay so explain to people that aren't necessarily geographically inclined where is holidaysburg pennsylvania it's uh basically right in between pittsburgh and wilkes okay um central near uh kind of near state college mm -hmm. um just a little bit south of there so um yeah right in, right in the middle of pennsylvania more or less okay so that means the fam gets to come out to these games very often don't they yeah, absolutely. The fam's here um, pretty much every game. So Every game, really? Uh, yeah, mostly every home game, I'd say. And then it's a pretty easy trip to, like, Hershey or, or Lehigh, places like that. So. so is there, like, a dedicated Sam Lafferty fan section at home games? Like, can we say, like, 106 or 107, that's where the Lafferty family is? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but uh, the the exhibition games I got to play in Pittsburgh, there was that's right. a huge... Uh, Huge uh, support from the hometown people. And that's perfect because you did grow up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So this is a, a really cool way for you to come up in the pro game, getting drafted by Pittsburgh, now playing with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Um, what was it like that moment you got drafted? I got to ask because everyone says their draft day is one of the happiest days of their life, regardless of who they got picked by. But you got picked by Pittsburgh. So your head just had to be on cloud nine, right? Yeah, I mean, Cloud9 for sure, it's it's quite a while ago. It was over four years ago now, which is kind of crazy, but um, definitely one of the most exciting days of my life. And um, it's been kind of a long, winding road to get here, but um, it's you know it's still pretty surreal to be part of it. Now, I know you probably grew up watching games uh, that were taking place at the old Civic Arena, Mellon Arena, as yep. it was known for a short period of time. Skating on the ice in Pittsburgh for an exhibition game still had to feel pretty cool. Yeah, that was... Uh, you know, that was probably the coolest thing so far uh, since I've been drafted was getting to put the Penguin sweater on and take the ice at, uh, at the arena there. And 
Um, yeah, it was pretty special. So given that you grew up in the civic arena era, what are some of your like favorite memories of growing up a Penguins fan? Because there were some really big highs and some steep lows during uh, those final years at Civic Arena, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, when I first started playing hockey and I was like six years old, I think the Penguins were definitely on a high. They were doing really well and making some playoff runs. And yes. A couple down years, but then uh, Crosby got drafted, and uh, it's probably been a high ever since, to be honest. So um, earliest memories, I went to a lot of games when I was a kid. Um, I remember – being at a game against Buffalo sometime in December where uh, Mario scored right off the faceoff. Oh, you were at that game? Yeah, I was there. And then I was uh, there for uh, Yager's first game against Pittsburgh when uh-huh. he was playing for the Capitals. Yeah, I remember I was at that same game, and Yarmir Yager was my favorite player growing up. Mario was great, obviously, um, but Yarmir Yager was like the guy to me. Like I thought he was great. I loved his story that he came from the Czech Republic and all the stuff that country had gone through and that he came to the United States, basically didn't know any English and then just started tearing it up and stuff like that. I loved it. I loved him. And so when he left and came back, I was absolutely, first of all, I was devastated that he got traded in the first place, but then beside myself with the fact that the crowd reaction in Pittsburgh was less than stellar. It was it was quite a scene, especially looking back on it. But at the time, I was so mad because everybody was all over Yager. Oh, yeah. they. Uh, I was just a little kid at the time, but I, I remember some people saying some uh, some really mean things. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this. every time he touched the puck, they would boo. And as a kid, that was the first time I had seen that, like, in practice. I know it's a pretty common thing, but that was the first time I'd actually seen that. And I was I think I cried at some point during the game because I couldn't understand that why the Pittsburgh fans were so upset at Yarmir Yager. I was it was in disbelief. Yeah, it was. Uh, and Mellon Arena was a pretty wild place. Yeah, too, to it would get with. raucous. It would get it would get raucous. So, yeah, it was that was uh, that was pretty crazy. And those were like the high years we'll, we'll talk about. So, we'll, well, I guess after Yager leaves is kind of when it starts the descent. But we'll talk about when Yager was still on the team. Who were some of your favorite players back from when you were first getting into it? Uh, first getting into it back in the early 2000s. Those pigeon logos on the front. Yeah. yeah the triangle pigeon. Yeah. Um, I love those jerseys. Those were, uh, I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, uh, favorite players, definitely Mario, Yager, uh, Martin Straka. Um, yeah, those three definitely jump out. I'm glad you brought up Marty Straka because I feel like he's almost forgotten of the era. Because everyone always talks about Mario and Yager, rightfully so. But one of my like earliest memories of going to hockey games, and I don't understand why more uh, game night production people don't do this. I mean, you definitely had less amenities back in the late 90s, early 2000s to play games or do these big things on the video board. They would always play a Marty Straka highlight reel during the timeouts. And they had like, the speed racer music mm. playing in the background. Does that... Do you remember that at all? Uh, no, I don't remember. See, that. like that it's cool. it's such a weird thing that I remember. But they would just play highlight videos of players like during the breaks. They don't do that anymore. It's a lost art form. Yeah, I was watching a Pittsburgh game the other night, and Marty Straka came up on one of the all-time uh, like Penguins records lists that he was like top three. I forget what it was though. So maybe assists or something. Or something like that. Something, yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So he had a. I mean, he was a great player. He was. He was. He was fast. He was skilled smart he fit in nicely like kind of is the second wave of attack 
behind Mario and uh, and Yager. Yeah. Marty Straka, just kind of a forgotten gem in Pittsburgh history. Yeah, for sure. Which the down years after Straka, Yager, Lemieux, before they drafted Sid, was that it was a lot easier to go to games, though, because it wasn't exactly a hot ticket. Do you think you went to more games uh, during that period of time? Uh, probably, probably about the same. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, but uh, I mean, definitely it was an, it was easier to get in the building. No yeah, doubt. yeah, and move around the concourse. That was a tight concourse at Civic Arena too. Like yeah. fans think that uh, there's not a lot of space at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. Like imagine going back in time to Mellon Arena, especially when the place was packed. Yeah, it's impossible to get through. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, if you wanted like a soft pretzel or something, it was just a absolute circus. It was an adventure. Yeah. Like you had to like duck around people and. There were lines going this way and then another line going that way for the bathroom. It was impossible to navigate. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember being a kid, nachos, like the nachos, that was a mandatory at every single Civic Arena event. I could not go to a game and not get the nachos. (laughs) I can only imagine how much money I made my parents spend on nachos. Yeah, because they were like, probably $15 nachos. Exactly, right? Which, you know, to a little kid, you're just like, I want nachos. Does it, I don't know if it's what's $3 nachos and what's $15 nachos. Yeah. I needed the nachos every game I went to. <laughs> Was soft pretzel your go-to? Uh, Actually, I, I kind of do remember the nachos yeah. being really good. Yeah. I, there's funny. no way they were actually good, though. I can only imagine the ingredients that went into it and things that could barely pass as food. Yeah, who But cares? it was still delicious. Yeah, who cares? It was so good. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, so it's – uh. It's interesting to see that you and I kind of went through the same era of, of Penguins fandom, kind of growing up through the Lemieux, the Yager years, uh, Marty Straka, of course, and then figuring out how to actually get around Mellon Arena whenever there were less bodies inside the concourse. Um, so you grow up a Penguins fan, and I know Holidaysburg is close to Penn State University. Were you a Nittany Lions guy growing up? Yeah, I was. Definitely a, a huge fan, mostly the football. Okay. Um, yeah, and then... A few years ago, they obviously got the Division the One program, and um, it's been uh, yeah, it's been cool to see that. But uh, yeah, I mean, my family had season tickets to Penn State football games, so I would uh, go to a lot of those. Let me uh, set the timeline straight for me though, because the Penn State D one hockey program is very young. But when did you start going to Brown? Uh, I started going there in 2014. When did they start their D1 program? I think 2013. 2013. So was Penn State ever an option for you, or was it Brown the whole way? Uh, it was an option, mm-hmm. um, but it just it just didn't really work out with the the timing of it. And um, with Brown, I was able to go straight straight in from high school instead of playing more juniors right, afterwards. Right. So um, it it just ended up working out. Was that important to you? Because that's something we see a lot. Guys that go the college hockey route, they spend. Uh, an extra two years or something like that in the USHL or NAHL. But like you said, you went straight from prep to Brown. Uh, that was important to you, I guess? Yeah, it was definitely a big jump hockey-wise. Probably looking back would have been uh, maybe easier transition okay. coming in from juniors. But um, it, it was good because I didn't really want to be a 21-year-old freshman. I'd, you know, I'd rather get my schooling started uh, right away. So it was good. Where are you at in your schooling, too? Because you left Brown, what, at the end of that fourth year at Brown to come play for the Penguins. And I know you were taking some credits even during your time on the ATO last year. Where are you at? Do you have the Ivy League degree? I do. Yeah, I'm, yes. all, I'm all done All done with school. And uh, so that that definitely makes my parents pretty happy. But it's it's good to have uh, my degree. What would you get a degree in? 
uh, business economics and organizational studies. Just business it's called ethics. BEO. Yeah, business ethics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you said, your parents have to be thrilled with that. Is that something that you're pretty proud of too, knowing that you have that degree in your back pocket no matter what? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely proud to have it. And um, yeah, I mean, my, my parents definitely are proud because that's, uh, you know, that was probably their main goal um, for me growing up was to, to get an education. So um, it worked out. Oh, yeah, it definitely worked out. What was the graduation like? Did you get to walk, or is it just one of those things where they sent it in the mail because you were playing with the Penguins, you couldn't actually graduate? I'm doing air quotes right now. but Yeah, it was actually uh, towards the end of the year, remember, I broke my jaw. Yes, so, that's so, right. Yeah, I was in pretty rough shape. So uh, <laughs> it was graduation was after Wilkes-Barre finished up, but uh, I was just home, uh, so they just mailed my degree. How tough was that, going through a broken jaw at the end of last season because you – wrap up your collegiate hockey career. You get the taste of the pros. You were playing well. You could see, like, okay, Sam Lafferty's figuring this out. And then you break your jaw. Because that's, that's not an injury that just keeps you off the ice. That wrecks your day-to-day life. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty brutal. I mean, the game against Hershey, I was in front of the net and got cross-checked. The guy took a penalty, and then our own D ended up uh, taking a slap shot that hit me in the side of the face. So, uh, Do you know who it was? Yeah, it was uh, um, Achari. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it actually wasn't too bad at first, but then the, the next day I went in, got an x-ray, and, uh, you know, I found out it was it was broken so right down the middle. So you spent an entire day, like, not knowing you had a broken jaw? Yeah, they actually sent me to the dentist because my bottom teeth were a little bit loose, so they just thought there was something wrong with my teeth. But the dentist took an x-ray, and he said, uh, we looked at it, he's like, buddy, there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> you, you need to see an oral surgeon. Buddy, this this goes beyond your teeth right now. This isn't brush and floss twice a day. You have to get this taken care of. Yeah, so the recovery was about four weeks, and my mouth was pretty much wired shut, so I was just drinking shake, milkshakes mostly. You were on the, the shake diet? I was on the milkshake diet. Now, yeah. some guys say they like lose or gain like a bunch of weight, to, or mostly lose weight whenever they're on that diet. Did yeah. you like get yeah. real lean? Uh, Yeah, I got a little bit lean, uh, a little bit leaner, but... Uh, it wasn't too bad. No. Yeah, looking back, it really wasn't. And then watching Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year, obviously Reese or um, Aston Reese broke his That's jaw. Right. So I guess this off season we kind of went through similar uh, similar recoveries. Did but you have any tips for him? Avoid hard candies or taffies for at least two weeks after you get it unwired or something? <laughs> no, no. He, uh, I'm sure he figured it out. He's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> he got there eventually. Yeah. But you, once again, you have that Ivy League degree. You could always throw that in his face. If you ever want to call someone else a smart guy, you'd be like, yeah, but I'm smarter. <laughs> well, recently we've been putting up uh, daily riddles on uh, on the board. Daily riddles? Yeah, daily riddles uh, or also math equations and, uh, you know, see, see who can figure them out. Okay. See, I'm not on board with the math equations. However, I'm very interested in these riddles. Yeah. Well, like, give, give me an example. What was the riddle today? Who? Sorry, I'll start over. Who puts them up? Um, I think Cramarosa has been the the brains behind this this whole thing. Okay, the riddle master, Joseph yeah. Cramarosa. Yeah, the Riddler, Joseph <laughs> Cramarosa. And uh, today, today the riddle was, uh, I think something like, "Where is one place that a ghost can never go?" What? Where is one place a ghost can never go? Yeah. And then as the so it gets posted on the board. 
how do you answer? Does every guy just go up and write one, or does one person write it and then Kramer says, no, you're wrong? Uh, it's kind of the honor system. Make sure no one goes and looks it up on their phone. Right. That of sort course. of thing. And then, That'd be greasy. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if there's, like, any reward system yet. It's, you know, it's in its early stages, but I think there's something there. So what's the answer to the riddle? I think it was a uh, living room. Oh. Yeah, or someone wrote that. I don't know if that was the right answer. But. I like that. That should be the right answer. Yeah, it works, I think. Yeah. Because he's dead, yeah. so he can't go to the living room. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So the math equations, though, that's that's where I absolutely bail out. I can't do math at all. Mm-hmm. I like those brain teasers on like wordplay and stuff like that, or things like logic uh, problems. Mm-hmm. If you throw any number into it at all, I am out. I'm tapping out immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a big math guy. Uh, no, I I kind of. Not a huge math guy, but today I today it was pretty easy. I was able to get it. What was today? Uh, most of the guys got it. It was just like a simple algebra equation, solve for x. Solve for x? Yeah. See, I already forgot all of that. All of that information, like, I had to work so hard to jam it into my brain to, like, throw it back out on a yeah. test in high school. As yeah. <laughs> soon as I graduated high school, I can't do any of that now. Yeah. Anything beyond, like, addition, multiplication, Division, subtraction, those four things, I'm out. Yeah, I can't do it. That's probably how how school went for for most of it. Is you just try to cram as much as possible. Yeah, and then regurgitate it, regurgitate and then forget it, it, and then forget it. Yeah, yeah it's not really, really learning. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. So. But I haven't had to use that much math, or any math that I have had to use. That's why they invented Microsoft Excel. It yeah. can do it all for me. Yeah, the computers can do the math for me. Yeah, that's that's true. Excel is great. It is. It is great. Yeah. Shout out to Microsoft Excel for all of you <laughs> Excel heads out there, big Excel <laughs> fans. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting that they got the, the riddles now in the locker room. I know guys like to do their uh, different stuff to keep themselves occupied throughout the season. Riddles is definitely a new one. I know uh, Tom Kostopoulos, when he was uh, still with the Wilkes-Barre Grant the Penguins, the big thing he would always do is try and make people tell jokes. You know, a long bus trip, just get the rookies to stand up and tell jokes or a dinner, just like whoever has a joke. Yeah. And I never thought telling a joke would have more pressure than like when it's just in that situation. Mm-hmm. Did you did you have TK ask you to give a joke at any point? Yeah, there there was a, a dinner last year on the road where all the rookies had to tell a joke. All the rookies had to tell a yeah. joke. Was anyone any good or did they all fall flat? Because it's a tough crowd. It's a really tough crowd. Um, you get up there and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. I mean, there, there are a few good ones though, but not probably not worth repeating. Oh, fair enough. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Um, but yeah, like there's never been more pressure or more difficult to tell a joke than in that setting. Like people probably listening at home right now are probably thinking like, Oh, if someone asked me to tell a joke, I could, you know, I have this joke, but as soon as it actually happens to you, you go blank. Yeah. Or your delivery gets all thrown off, and then they will just eviscerate you. Yeah, they and they want the booze will rain yeah. down if it is not a good joke. Yeah, and they they want to see you stumble. I think so. <laughs> they want to see yeah, you fail. They're they're chirping at you the whole time, and so it's yeah, it's a tough environment. I was gonna say this this locker room this year in a playful way has been pretty ruthless so far. Getting the thrill back into the mix, back into the locker room. I forgot how much of a pot stirrer he is. <laughs> he just he just keeps talking the whole time, and he just doesn't not let anyone off the hook for anything. Yeah, he uh, 
he he's a funny guy. He definitely likes to stir the pot. And, uh, <laughs> it's it's all in good fun. I mean, I think uh, I think we've got a really really uh, good group in that sense. Guys, you know, chirping at each other, but it keeps the mood light. Yeah, like and, no uh, one takes it too seriously, but everyone's always on watch. Yeah, exactly. No one gets a free pass. Yeah, no one no one gets a free pass, and I think that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Yeah. All right, I like it. Uh, what was uh what was it like at Brown? What was your guys' room like? The locker room. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Like the group you guys had because it's a uh, college hockey. I always find to be a, a little bit fascinating because you're going on these long, like you said, seven hour bus rides, things like that. But then you also go to class together and things like that. Or if you're not at the rink, you probably see each other at the dining hall or things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You basically spend uh, spend every day, all day together between class, the rink, and uh, and you obviously hang out together a lot. So um, it, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun and. I mean, I think at the end of the day, hockey players are hockey players. So we're, there's all there's always that kind of common bond. And so it's not too much different here than it was there. So for someone that hasn't played hockey, what do you mean by hockey players or hockey players? They have that bond. Uh, I think, you know, just being part of a team, maybe that's it. Um, you know, guys just get along. There's that like, um, you know, no, that sort of thing you just said. No one gets a free pass. So you're always kind of chirping at each other. And but it's all in good fun. So, um, you know. But at the end of the day, you're you're uh, you're a team, so you you know you stick together, and um, you know that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Did you have any uh, favorite places, hot spots to hit up in Providence, whenever uh, you were at Brown? Well, we're we're going to Providence, I think, pretty soon. I know. So you you might have to be a tour guide for some guys. Yeah, we're spending like close to a week there, which is. Oh yeah, it's like it's an awesome road trip. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up real quick because I actually have it on my desktop background. Hang on, I have like a billion tabs open. Par for the course. Yeah, so this is early November, the second weekend in November. The Penguins play at Providence on Friday, at Hartford on Saturday, which is, you know, Two hours. you could walk there. Yeah. Um, then Providence again on Sunday. And then the Penguins play Springfield Wednesday morning at 1030. So there's no point in coming back to Wilkesbury and then driving back out to Springfield right. for a 1030 game in the morning. So the team's pretty much just going to stay in Providence Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Tuesday. They'll probably go to Springfield. Yeah, that's you got to be amped for that. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's uh, how it was explained to me by Clarky. We're basically making Providence our home base for for about a week. So. I like that headquarters. But, yeah, headquarters, and obviously he's from there. So. Um, oh, I know. I know. Clark is over the moon about the possibility of staying in Providence that long because previously, I think last year was the first time in like three years or something like that we didn't play at Providence on a Sunday afternoon or something like that, that we actually had a road trip to Providence. Last year was a blast, and now we basically have five days in Providence. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, what what's going to – I don't know what I'm going to do after, like, the fourth day, like when it's day four, day five of that trip, because you can only go to that giant mall so many times. We're yeah. going to end up, like, finding some real gems, or yeah. at least I hope so. Yeah, there's actually a lot of gems in Providence. Um, I I think it's just a cool little city. There's uh, it is. Yeah, it's you know so many great restaurants and different things to do, and I'm sure I'll I'll make my way over to Brown at some point and and see all my old teammates and coaches and um and go to some of my some of my old uh, favorite restaurants for sure. The way I always describe Providence to to my friends from back home that ask me about like traveling for games and things like that is Providence is the best, if not one of the best, minor league cities in America. Because it's not a major league town. You can't put, you couldn't put an NFL team there and expect it to thrive because of 
how big the city is, and on top of that, you're right in the middle of New England. Everything's going for Boston anyway. Mm -hmm. You couldn't put a baseball team there or an MLS team there. You couldn't put a lot of major league things there. But then for what it is, it's out of this world. It's like the best of that second tier down, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a little smaller, um, which which I kind of liked. Um, yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Keeps it warm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite places. Just, yeah, just you're never that. overwhelmed by anything at any point, but there's always something to do. It's awesome. Yeah, and it was nice. At, so our at Brown, we're just up the hill from downtown. You can walk downtown, and, um, you know, there's just there's a lot going on, and just, just a lot of cool spots. A lot of cool spots. Um, there are also, allegedly, a lot of haunted spots. Have you heard any of the Providence ghost stories from your four years at Brown? Honestly, I have not. You have not? No. Jeez. See, when we first went to Providence, that was one of the first things I heard, is guys talking about like how haunted Providence was, and I'm like, this has to be just like hockey players being superstitious or something like that. But if you look into it, like if you just Google search like Providence Haunted, there are a bunch of stories that show up, including one of the hotels we stay at sometimes is allegedly super haunted. Huh. The the Biltmore. The Biltmore. Allegedly. Oh yeah. I believe it. The you believe it? Yeah, I believe the Biltmore is definitely haunted. See, now after I ask you, have you heard any Providence haunted stories? You're like, No, I mentioned the Biltmore and you're like, Oh yeah, super yeah. haunted. Yeah, because when we were freshmen when we and sophomores when we lived in the dorms, uh, -huh. uh we'd come back early for, for winter session before uh -huh. school was school started back up and we'd stay at the Biltmore for a few days and uh I definitely believe it's haunted. Yeah. Why? Do you have a story, or you just think it's creepy? Yeah, it's just creepy. It's really old. It's it's nice. It was fun staying there, but it's just you know r really really old. Yeah, it see, just has that feeling about it. I'm I'm the opposite way. I think it's just people like psyching themselves out because it's an old building and stuff like that. The game of telephone over the years, like oh this happened there, so this someone I don't know. I'm just I'll throw out a random thing. Someone got pneumonia and died in the 30s or something like that. This person died mysteriously in their hotel room. This person jumped out the window of their hotel room. This person was a devil worshiper who jumped out the window and cursed. Like, it just escalates over the years that I think it's just people psyching themselves out. Yeah. I actually went to a wedding at the Biltmore once. Yeah? Was it a haunted wedding? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, it was over New Year's. Uh, fresh My freshman year when we were all staying there, there happened to be a wedding oh. on the top floor. So we all... <laughs> you just crashed the yeah, wedding? Yeah, we all crashed the wedding. That's amazing. Yeah. Sam Lafferty, the wedding crasher. Were they... Were they did you, like, come up with a cover? Were you, like, distant members of the family? Or you were just like, we're staying here and want to party? Uh, we, uh... Well... Half the people there probably hated us, and half the people loved it. Really? Yeah. So we just kind of walked in, like you know, no big deal. We're you know we're here, uh, acted like we were supposed to be there. And you were know, you dressed for the occasion? Yeah, we we suited up. And, nice. Yeah. So there was pre-planning that went into this? No, it was just uh, kind of spur of the moment. We we found out there was a wedding up there, so everyone was just yeah, like we were trying to. Suits. We were looking for something to do. Yeah. We're, so we threw on our suits and went up there. That's amazing. And you said, like, you could feel like half the people may not have cared too much for it, but at least enough people were okay with it that yeah, you had a good time yeah, out of it. Yeah, half the people were just giving us the death stare. Really? And then half the people were loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder how many people have actually pulled that off in their lives. Because I think, like, wedding crashing is one of those things that people talk about doing and then never actually do. And you saw an opportunity and you pounced at it. I respect that. Yeah. It just happened, you know. It just happened. Yeah. You just go for it. Another thing I wanted to ask you about 
is um, something that happened over training camp uh, at Pittsburgh Penguins training camp. I understand you were rooming with Kalen Addison, and he hooked you on a new show. Care to elaborate? Uh, I wouldn't say he hooked me on a oh, new okay. show, but uh, when we were rooming together, we were watching uh, Forensic Files. How often were you watching Forensic Files? Uh, probably a little too much. How much is too much? Well, you go to the rink, and then you're done for the day around noon or 1. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, basically from, from that point till bed. So <laughs> so we're looking much. at, I was going to say, like six to seven hours of just forensic files, maybe a break to eat. Yeah, like 20-minute episodes. We're looking at probably about 10 episodes at least each day. That is a lot of forensic files. Yeah, it was too much. So do you basically know how to, like, solve a crime now? Yeah, I think I could uh, I could solve a crime. Um yeah, I think I could. For those that are unfamiliar with Forensic Files, give them the rundown. What is the basic gist of an episode of Forensic Files? Because they're all pretty much boilerplate after a certain point. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it really is because a lot of the crimes that get solved end up getting solved because someone saw a previous episode of Forensic <laughs> Files and they said, "Oh, I've seen this before." So I've I, seen this before. I, I know it. It was I, episode. Yeah, I know. What season to do. two, episode three. The same thing happened. Yeah, so that's that's basically the gist. You know, someone commits a crime and they're not sure who it is, so they use forensics track them down. Right, and it's it's like um, it's like interview style, right? Like documentary style, not like uh, Law and Order where it's actors and things no, like yeah, that. No, yeah, yeah, it's documentary style. Yeah, so it's documentary style. They introduce a case, they look at the evidence, and half the time they have already seen it on forensic files, so they just reference themselves to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing yeah. on so many levels. Have you brought forensic files back with you to Wilkes-Barre? Did no, you leave it in Pittsburgh? No, 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 left it. You left it there. Yeah, you had enough? Left it, had enough, yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, with that in mind, Sam, I think that brings us to an opportunity to play a new game here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. This is something that we're calling Cancelled. Cancel it. 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 I could simply snap my fingers. They would all cease to exist. Cancel it. The way this game works, Cancelled, we have the three-on-three helmet from last year. Fans from last year will remember the three-on-three. We've taken the helmet, taken out the three-on-three categories, and put a bunch of new things in this helmet, just new things across the board. And Sam, this might be the most power you've ever been given before in your life, okay? You are now the great decider. You get to determine whatever I pull out of this helmet, if it is gone forever, it is canceled. You have the power to decide whether this thing is gone. So we have things that are polarizing topics. People could go one way or another on, right? and you get to decide whether or not it's canceled. We don't have things like world hunger. Everyone's going to cancel that. We don't have things like traffic jams. No one likes sitting in a traffic jam. These are things that people could fall on either side of the barrier on. What? So like. So I'll give you an example. Sam, wasps. Canceled. You would cancel wasps. Now, these aren't bees that would like have to pollinate flowers or things like that. These are just no, straight actually, up wasps. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cancel. You, no, you. No. Okay. Would, so I why not now? I. I think if you cancel wasps, a lot of other things are going to end up right. Going so wrong. you're you're thinking about the ecological factors yeah. that go into canceling wasps. Right. So you would say no. It's things like that. So you got to think about it. Are you ready to play? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Sam, you have the power. Would you cancel blaming the year for unfortunate events? Yeah, I would cancel that. Because people love doing that, just being like, "Ugh, 2017." 
Yeah. Or like 2008 is the worst. Yeah, cancel that. We got to stop doing that. Yeah, I need to start taking. It's canceled. It taking accountability. Yeah. I love it. Sam Lafferty has just canceled blaming the year for unfortunate events. Sam, would you cancel double boothers? People that go to a restaurant and sit on the same side of a booth. Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, you're keeping double boothers. Why are you so generous to the double boothers? Uh, I think you go to a restaurant, you you have the right to, to be comfortable and sit where you want to sit. Fair enough. Double boothers, you're safe. Voicemails. Uh, why, why would anyone want to cancel those? Just because they're kind of tedious and, and, and annoying? People might be annoyed by them? And once again, you are the decider. So don't don't think about other people. This is about you. Yeah, let's keep those. All right, we're keeping voicemails. Saying literally. Yeah, cancel that. Canceled literally. No one can say literally anymore, <laughs> especially if you don't mean it literally. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Would you cancel Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, I'm not really overly familiar with it um you know some people might be offended but i'm gonna cancel it 50 shades of gray is canceled i like how you jump all over you're like i'm not that familiar you play it meek at the beginning and then you just say it's gone yeah 50 shades of gray is gone so this means the books the movies the whole 50 shades of gray verse it's now done yeah sorry if anyone thinks that's like a great work of literature or something so. great work of literature they'll be teaching it they, well they won't be teaching it in universities now yeah so you've at least saved us from that, like a university class, like a 300-level English class, people studying Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that anymore. That's good. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. Can't, can't get on board with it. No. All right. I'll throw one more at you, Sam. One more. Okay? Oh, this is a good one, too, because this, this might cause the biggest firestorm. If you thought you would offend people by canceling Fifty Shades of Grey, this, this could be a steep, steep mountain. Ready? Christmas music before December. Uh, no, that's that's all right. You're keeping Christmas music before December. Yeah, that's fine. Why? Uh, you know, some people like it. Maybe you're leading up to Thanksgiving and so on. So. Are you a Christmas music guy before Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm not, but I don't have an issue with it. You don't have an issue with it. You're no. you're just okay with yeah. with yeah. with it. I I have a family. My mother absolutely loves Christmas music. She loves it. And Chris Sipsky in our office here loves Christmas music. But he does not abide by the Thanksgiving rule, which is like generally I think people are like, okay, once it's Thanksgiving, you can start playing Christmas music. He's the guy that's like, it might not even be Halloween yet, and we might have Christmas music playing in the office. Yes. He is a big fan. He's a festive guy. Festive guy, just a holly jolly guy, yeah. Chris Sipsky. And he is going to be very happy to hear that Sam Lafferty has kept – Christmas music before December. <laughs> Sam, that was canceled. All right. All right. That was a good good round of canceled. The first round of canceled. So you're the first person to get that kind of power in their life as well. Nice. How does it feel to, to know that you've canceled? What did you what did you do away with? You did away with blaming the year for unfortunate events literally in fifty shades of gray. Yeah, I think uh you know, I think those are good cancellations. So of course you think that. You're the one that canceled them. Yeah. All right. Well, that means we have to get to one more thing that we regularly do on the podcast. This is a familiar segment that we've done in the past and we'll be bringing back again for this season. This is called The Question, where we bring it back. We have our previous episode's guest 
leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. And we had to go so far back, we had to go back to our guest from last season to get this question for them. So there's no way this could possibly be tainted towards like, oh, I know this is Sam Lafferty, so I'm going to mess with him right here. Yeah. Are you prepared for the question? Sure. Well, this one's a little bit heavy. Usually we get some fun ones. This one's a little bit more serious, so you're going to have to think on your feet here. Sam, what makes you unique as a person, not a player? Jeez, uh, that is a that is a. That's one. a thinker right there. Yeah. Like, we've had some ridiculous ones. We've had questions that didn't even make sense, and now this one, they're asking you to dig deep here. Yeah. What makes you unique as a person, not a player? Um... Let's see. Uh, I would say I'm a big history guy. Big history guy? Yeah. What kind of history? Um, hockey history. Okay. And also, uh, like, just ancient history. Ancient history. Like yeah. any particular era uh, the Greeks. or, like, region? The Greeks. Yeah, ancient Greeks. What do you know about the Greeks? I School know, me. I know a lot about, like, uh, sports in ancient Greece. I took a class on it last year, and it ended up being probably the best class I've ever taken. Really? Yeah. Like the genesis of the Olympics and things like exactly. that? Exactly. The original Olympics, all the different athletic festivals and uh, and ceremonies and things. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot about that. Did they do any, like, crazy sports that, like, we don't do now or, like, would be considered too barbaric to do now or something like that? No, the, they really – the Greek sports really weren't barbaric at all. Um, they – I mean, maybe the competitions were a little bit more fierce. Like one of them was a uh, basically all-out fight. Um, the only rules were you couldn't bite or gouge the eyes. No biting, no eyes. Yeah. Everything else is fair yeah, game. Everything else is fair game. So people, were there weapons? No, no. Weapons. So just hand-to-hand combat. No yeah. eyes, no biting. Yeah. Get after it. And it was one of the seven seven events in the ancient Olympics, and the, basically the first guy to to either die or or give up was like was the, the loser. you you would be dead from this. One guy actually, uh, he died, but he was crowned the victor because at the same moment he died, his opponent tapped out. No way. Yeah. This can't be real. It is. Yeah. How have they made a movie about it yet? They, he, they he, should. It's one of probably one of the craziest, if you want to call it a sports story, that I've uh, that I've ever. That's absolutely insanity. Upon. I've heard of death or glory. He chose both. Death and glory. Yeah, he just refused to to tap out. His opponent had him in a headlock and. Uh, he, you know, it, it wasn't looking good, but he found a way to to dislocate the guy's ankle, and he, the guy tapped out right as he as was he uh, died. Right as he died, so the judges crowned his corpse. They crowned his corpse, so he was just like laying there yeah. in the middle of the I don't know ring or circle wherever they were fighting. They were just like, "You win," and he's just lifeless. Yeah, yep. So, but he's remembered to this day. You know, that was uh, well over two thousand years ago. What a legend! That you're right. That's over two thousand years ago, and we're talking about it right now. On the internet. Yeah, and it was his third uh, third Olympics in a row that he won that event, which was... Uh, so he got the hat trick, but it cost him his life. Correct. That's crazy. What were the other seven events? Uh, there was basically a 200-meter foot race. Simple. 400-meter foot race. Simple. Uh, pentathlon, combination of five different events. Okay. Um, that event I was talking about. The fighting event. The fighting, boxing, and wrestling. What's the difference between fighting and... So basically they would just like escalate the ridiculousness of the fighting. It would be like boxing, you just punch. Wrestling, you grab each other. Yeah. And then the last event was just like just have at each other. Just don't gouge the eyes or bite. Yeah, exactly. Just escalating 
the the fierceness, the aggressiveness throughout. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it w- it was seen also as preparation for combat. Obviously, well, that actually makes sense. So it, you know, it was it was an event that probably carried over to. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. What about um so things like javelin and shot put things that are considered like classic events were those, those around in the pentathlon? Okay, that was yeah, part of it. If I remember, it was you had the javelin, you had the the discus. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a foot race, the long jump, and there there's one I'm missing. I think it was wrestling was part oh, th- of was part, part of, of that the, as well. Yeah, well, that's interesting. We're learning things today on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Yeah, I didn't, you know, that's probably, it's funny because I majored in business, but I, I learned a lot more in that class because I was just so fascinated by it yeah. than uh, any any class, I've, any other class I've taken. Did you ever think about like switching to history or anything like that when you were in school? Uh, I thought about it, but it was my senior fall, so it was too late. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're pretty much committed yeah, to business pa- at that committed. point. That's cool, though. Are you, like, a, a big reader? Like, have you kept with it? Do you find books and read about, like, ancient history or stuff like that or watch, like, History Channel? Uh, I just like to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, whatever wh- whatever uh, comes to mind or if someone recommends a book or something. Yeah. Interesting. Well, speaking of recommendations, I think it is about that time to wrap up things here on the Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast. But first... We have to do another new segment, something that we're calling Pens Picks. Pens Picks. Sam, how Pens Picks works is that you and I, all we're going to do is just throw a recommendation out there to the people. And it can be about anything in the world. It can be about food, TV, books, or anything, just a common courtesy behavior in life that you really like. Any sort of recommendation that you want to give, now's your chance. What's your Pens Pick? So any recommendation? Yeah, anything in the world, buddy. Uh, what have you been into lately? The people need to know okay, about. Okay, okay. Um, like a month ago, you might have been like Forensic Files. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Let's see. Uh, right now, I'm really just into uh, NHL Center Ice. I got the package at, at my house. So okay. Yeah, basically any game, any night. So it's it's pretty nice. All right, so Sam Lafferty is making his pens pick. NHL Center Ice. Watch any game every night. I guess you have to keep an eye out for blackout restrictions, but you pretty much get to watch any game. You watch a lot of hockey when you go home? Yeah, I do. I end up, uh, you know, I watch a lot. Anyone look uh, look like they're rising above the crop right now? It's still early. Uh, my favorite teams to watch uh, besides Pittsburgh are Obviously. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and uh, um, Edmonton. I like watching McDavid. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. So Sam Lafferty's recommendation to you, Penguins fans, is NHL center ice. And if you can't decide what game to watch, why not check out the high-scoring Toronto Maple Leafs, the complete Tampa Bay Lightning, or Connor McDavid in the Edmonton Oilers in the late games as well. So you could watch a Leafs game or a Lightning game at 7 and then the Oilers game at 9. That's kind of the perfect setup. Yeah. My pen's pick. I'm going to throw at you guys. We mentioned it earlier in the broadcast. Shout out to Microsoft Excel. Microsoft Excel taking care of all your basic formula needs, easily organizing information, doing math, keeping track of the stats for me in the broadcast table. Microsoft Excel, thank you for everything you do. Sam, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I think I've kept you long enough, but this was a good chat. Thanks, buddy. This was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And it was great to start Another season of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast for all of you listening at home. Once again, we'll be doing this bi-weekly this season. 
Uh, so come back in another two weeks, and we'll have another episode, another round of canceled more Pens picks for you with our guest next week. And, Sam, I'm going to ask you to think of a question for next week as well. Until then, we'll see you later, hockey fans. Thanks so much for listening. Oh,